our short podcast today as part of a series sharing experiences to support you, our Adobe Partner Specialists, on how to continually drive the right behaviours and activities to maximise your opportunity for sales success. I am Caroline Egan, and today the title of our podcast is Selling Smart to be a Social Seller. Social selling is widely recognised within the B2B technology world as what I would say is probably the sales 2.0 way to more effectively engage with new prospects. Statistics and experiences generally show, and from my own personal experience, I could definitely uh, support this, that the sales return on pure sort of cold calling, which many of us have been familiar with doing, has reduced significantly over recent years. And that's obviously been very difficult for those of us out there who are looking to build new prospect conversations, perhaps drive along the pipeline in current prospects that we have. It's just difficult, increasingly difficult, actually, I would say, to get through to individuals at the right level on the phone. And that is becoming increasingly challenging since COVID. And also people are expecting to be engaged with in other ways rather than purely on the phone. So we thought it would be really useful in our podcast today to explore the habits of how to become a great social seller by hearing experiences directly from a member of the Adobe team on what they're currently doing within their market and within their team on what experiences that they can share that's helping them to use social selling to engage more effectively with new prospects in the market. So I am really pleased to welcome here today Ashling Jang, who is the Head of Business Development for EMEA for Digital Media at Adobe. We are going to hear her experiences firsthand and how she and the team are working to drive great social selling habits. Welcome, Ashling. Great to be connecting with you. Hi, Caroline. And yeah, thank you so much for inviting me today to speak with you. This is a topic I'm really, really passionate about. As I've been a BDR myself, I currently lead the BDR organization. I've been a sales rep. I've been a sales manager. And I really, really passionately believe in the success of social selling because I've seen the impact. That's great. And I think the specialists out there will particularly benefit from this podcast. And, you know, I'm sure some of the specialists actually that I've been talking to, some are doing social selling at some level. Some are not doing it at all yet. And I think, you know, part of what we can talk about today is, as we said, know some of those habits that really help to build that skill set around social selling, which makes it easier to connect with prospects and, and ultimately build more pipeline. So tell me a little bit about your team. Yeah, so my team are the so BDR team. Um, BDR stands for Business Development Representative. And what we do is we are so we are the pipeline engine for the sales business. So we work on leads from a number of different sources, the main one being from marketing. So we convert these, they're called MQLs, stands for Marketing Qualified Leads, lots of acronyms at Adobe. Yeah. Um, and these are leads that yeah, are generated by, um, by the marketing team. And these are like hand raisers. So my team would call up some of these hand raisers, follow up asking what they're looking to get um, how we can help them how we can support them we then qualify that conversation basically understand you know who are they where are they calling from 
what are they interested in talking to Adobe about and ultimately what problems can we help them solve for. Once we get that information, those details from that prospect, from that customer, we then pass it over, pass that lead over to sales and they would carry on the rest of the sales cycle. So that's one lead source, Caroline. And then the other area where we would generate business leads and business opportunities for sales is in the outbound space. And that's where the social selling piece really, really comes into play. That's where, you know, there's cold calling involved, a lot of account research, and then creating more of that need, but with a coming from a bit of a colder place, if that makes sense. Yes, proactively doing that with the Mm. outbound activities that you're doing. So before we go into more detail I think about the habits and things that you have and you're building within your team I think it might be really useful to give the specialists some context here about what challenges you and your team were experiencing prior to using social selling more proactively yeah absolutely really really important to understand that prospecting is really really hard cold calling is really really hard it takes an average between 8 to 15 touches to get in contact with a prospect And a C-level on average receives about 200 emails a day. So you need to work really hard to stand out and make sure that that person that you're trying to get in contact with responds to your email. And like you mentioned at the very beginning, Caroline, calling is also still really difficult because a lot of people are still working remotely. They don't have landlines. It's really difficult to get mobile numbers. You have to use other methods like social media, like email to differentiate yourself from the many, many other people, companies who are trying to reach out to them. The other challenge that we have is that buyers, it's about how how buyers behave. So B2B buyers are between 70 to 80 percent through their buyer journey before they even reach out to a salesperson. So you really need to think about how do I influence that person's buying decision before they might even know that they need a solution. And ideally, you know, the solution that, well, we here at Adobe are, you know, want to position to that person. I also looked up a couple of other stats that were quite interesting, actually. So one I saw was that nine out of 10 B2B buyers say that online content has a moderate to major effect on purchasing decisions. So, you know, to our sellers, like how are you positioning that content in front of these buyers? 67% of the buyer's journey is now done digitally. Mm. So it's through like searching, um, through going onto websites, but how you're interacting with other, well, with salespeople, essentially, people who are offering these solutions uh, digitally. And then the other stat that kind of stood out to me was that 84% of CEOs and VPs use social media to make purchasing decisions. So it's funny, Caroline, the other observations and things I've kind of pointed out, these those challenges have been there for years back when I was a BDR. Yeah. <laughs> but as you know, social media has advanced and AI and all of these amazing things that are happening in technology it is becoming even more difficult to stand out and to engage with your, you know, your target audience. Yeah. And I think what you're talking about, you know, with all the like content and and getting and influencing those prospects earlier is absolutely key because if you can influence them earlier, 
you're helping them to align what they're looking for to hopefully the type of solution that you're looking to sell and what they should be looking for in a solution that you know that you can sell as part of the offering that you will have within Adobe. So it's a great way to not only influence them, but to interrupt their buying journey, I guess, to help them to understand what's out there and and how you can help. Yeah, absolutely. So as you say, I guess some of the challenges there is, as you say, getting hold of people, cold calling, getting people on the phone. And and what we are typically seeing, of course, as well, is that reducing the response rates to pure email as well. Mm -hmm. And those digital stats that you just talked about there mean that we're engaging with those CEOs or those management or the business decision makers that we want to engage with in a way in which they want to be engaged with. As long as you do it in the right way, of course. (laughs) Yeah. So let me ask you then, understanding those challenges that that, that were previously there, I guess, in the teams and now what you've put into place within your team, why did you decide to embark on a more proactive social selling program of approach? And what has that actually meant to your sales process and what you're using it primarily for? You know, you talked about outbound and so on, but what, what specifically are you using tools like LinkedIn for as part of your social selling um, process? Yeah, really good question. So one of the, the things that my team does is they engage with new contacts to Adobe. So people who we may not have engaged with before. And again, people move around to different companies. I think now it's about every four to five years, someone will move around to a different role or different company. So mm-hmm. those contacts are constantly changing. Looking at that task specifically and why social selling is so important. So we major tool we would use there would be LinkedIn, uh, Sales Navigator. Mm-hmm. But you can also just use LinkedIn actually as a platform to do this as well. So LinkedIn currently has over a billion members on their platform globally and it's the biggest place if you think about you know LinkedIn has been like a conference center or a very big room it's the biggest place where you'll find the most professional people and and again the target audience that we are ultimately looking for. Social selling and using tools like LinkedIn tapping into company websites other tools that are you know free that you can find out there like Owler where you can look up information about company profiles it helps you to build a much better picture of the company and what their needs could be so the job of a you know one of the sellers um, BDR is to basically help our prospects and our customers get the paracetamol solution to their business <laughs> headaches and they won't tell us that straight off the bat we have to go and proactively find that out and if you're curious if you take that kind of curious mindset and research a company invest that time into finding out more about the company and the person or people you want to reach out to what you'll get is some really great insights that are literally all readily available online before you even have to pick up the phone or Mm -hmm. send an email to someone. So that engaging with intelligence, as I would call Mm. it, is a massive way, isn't it, as you said earlier on, to to get their attention. I'm sure you as well have have been victim of this, as as I am on a very regular basis, where you get emails or you get in-mails through LinkedIn of people that haven't done their research. They're asking you if you're interested in a product or service, which has got nothing to do with your role, nothing to do with the business that you're in. Yet, 
when you find people that have done the element of research through those sort of techniques you're talking about mm. there, you're much, much more likely to read and respond. Absolutely. I'll at the very least hear them out mm. or have a quick conversation with them to understand if they're able to solve any of the headaches I've got yeah. going on. So what would you see, Ashing, as the key sort of healthy habits that you've been putting into your team to become a great social seller? So definitely that that curiosity mindset that I spoke about, because social selling helps you to build knowledge. And if you have the right insights when you're reaching out to a prospect, you build credibility, you build trust and you can start building a relationship with your prospect. So that's definitely one thing that I always encourage my team to do. The other thing really is invest in your professional brand and your online presence and make it one of your I don't know if you've ever read, you know, James Clear's Atomic Habits, make it one of your atomic habits and what these little kind of habits will do. So, for example, I asked my team to basically when they log into their laptop in the morning, make sure they've pinned the links to the most important tools that they need to do their job. So one is obviously Salesforce, our CRM. Another one is the SharePoint folder. But the third thing is LinkedIn. You know, I would say make sure you open up your your LinkedIn. And by investing in your brand and your online presence, if you consistently post. So, you know, one of the atomic habits could be just posting content on your LinkedIn page. And making that a habit is posting a new piece of content maybe twice a week, right? So you don't want to overdo it and overkill. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, maybe twice a week, you want to post a piece of content that's been shared by marketing or maybe, so I ask our, our BDRs to make sure they follow our executives and they share content all the, all the time. So, you know, resharing a piece of that content, for example, that you feel would resonate most with the audience that you're trying to interact with. And I think that's, that's a great piece of advice. I mean, I think, I would also add to that from my own personal experiences of actually going onto LinkedIn and people sharing information with me is always make sure you add your own point of view. So don't just share a piece of content from somewhere else, put your own point of view around it because that shows that you've got interest, it shows you've got an opinion on it. And to the point you made earlier, it, it shows credibility. Yeah, exactly. So if you're a BDR or a seller and you're trying to engage with the head of security about some of our document cloud solutions so I know there's loads of content there's always webinars happening as well and what you could do let's say this person this head of security you're trying to reach out to hasn't responded to you what you could do is when you're and you're absolutely right put your own spin on the post as well don't just share with with nothing on it but you could always comment that person's name to say at Caroline um you know I've reached out to you about document security I know the head of security I think that this webinar might resonate and might might help you with some of the challenges that you might be experiencing from a security perspective. FYI, just thought this might be of interest to you. I think, you know, that's a great way to make that more specific, more aligned to your audience. And one of the other tricks that I have seen, which I think works really well, is doing the, you know, if you find an article that you want to share, which talks about some of the challenges in a particular industry, for example, that you're trying to sell into is, just adding a note saying, and what we, what I see or what we see in our customers is this. Because by doing that, you're, again, not only showing sort of credibility, but you're also showing that you have got the experience of talking to 
the peers of the people that you're trying to attract. And that's a great way to get people to to know that you have got value to add. Yeah, exactly. You're not just a, a name on a list that someone's calling. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That yeah. <laughs> you actually, you know, you do genuinely want to help them to solve for some of their problems. So what's the sort of, you know, in your team, the healthy habits around things like the etiquette of engaging? What, what mm. are the sort of things that you're encouraging within your team to do that? You talked about, I guess, intelligence, haven't you, and, and trust? Oh, yeah. So one of the things we do to make sure that we're targeting, you know, the right message to the right person is we break down our target audience. Mm. So depending on the solution and the business challenges that you want to address, you would you know, you would reach out to a specific persona about that particular business challenge. It sounds a bit obvious, but where an example of bad prospecting is trying to sell a salesperson like a marketing solution, right? So, you know, clearly not within my space. So we do a lot of work around target audience and persona messaging and linking those kind of typical business challenges back to those personas And again, back to what do they care about? What's in it for them? So personalization is definitely one of the kind of rules around etiquette and engaging with with prospects that we drive. Personalizing from a perspective of personalize that message to to the individual that you're reaching out to. So do some research on their profile. Did you previously work at a company that they were at? Did you attend an event that they might have been at? Do you live in the same area? You know, if you want Mm. to get a bit more personal, but show that you've made an effort to personalize the message and that you haven't just chucked them into an email cadence where it's a generic message because you can spot those from a mile away. You can. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I don't respond to them. Oh, no. In fact, I find them really very annoying because it shows a lack of respect in a way. When someone's even taken a, a little bit of time to understand a bit more about you, your role or the company that you're in, it, it makes a terrific difference. And and as you said before, someone might not react immediately to that. But if you were to follow that up with a piece of content or, or mm. something which is relevant, you are much more likely to warm to that person and respond maybe the second, the third or the fourth time. Exactly. And I think to that as well, keep your message concise. Mm. No one wants to read an essay no. or a short story with subplots, you know, uh, in their inbox. <laughs> they want something that's short and snappy, that is to the point. And it can be easy to make that impact when you put in the groundwork and you do the research mm. before you put that email together. Because what you're doing effectively is you're creating a bit of a, a teaser is the way I look at it, because mm. the goal of this, isn't it, is to get somebody to respond to you. So you can start to take that conversation on a one to one basis. So you don't have to give them all of the information up front. What you're just doing is giving them enough information to show that you understand them, their business, and maybe what some of their challenges are. And also that you can share enough to show you've got credibility, but that perhaps you've got more that you can offer them, whether that's by sharing more customer stories that you've got as a yeah. business, or whether that's around sharing more information about how your solution can solve the top two or three challenges that they've got. But you're absolutely right, though. You don't need to say all of that up front, do you? <laughs> no, exactly. And look, also, we're not robots either, right? No. Um, so <laughs> Not yet. 
No, no, no. And, then, <laughs> and this is it. Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you could say AI will take over all of this. But yes. again, we're, we're dealing with people, right? People selling exactly. people, people dealing with people. Yeah. And I actually think that if you um within my team, we have a sequence. It's, I think I'm butchering this word, actually, but it's a GOG, A-G-O-G-E sequence. Yeah. And it's basically a mixture of email, phone, social in you know in mail but it's a it's a mixture of touch points that you would use to engage with a prospect and again it's not a one size fits all so if someone if a, if a prospect or a customer you're trying to reach out to is very very heavily present on social media you might want to up the engagement on social media and in mails and, and use that medium if they're maybe on the legal side for example where they might not necessarily be on social a lot then, you know, email and phone is probably the best way of of reaching out to them. Yeah. But again, it's that, you know, personalize it and really, you know, really think about how you're engaging with them before you do it. Because yeah. you might feel like it's a really small thing, but we both know that when we receive an email that isn't personalized in any way at all, like you said, you get a bit offended. You're like, I'm just... Yeah. You know, you yeah. just thrown me into a sequence, and that's and that's exactly what people do a lot in email, isn't it? Within LinkedIn, mm. so so I think you know what we're talking about here is what I have sometimes like to refer to. You know, within particularly LinkedIn social selling, is know you like you trust you, and that know yeah. you is because you are sharing information or you're joining groups that they're in or you're connecting with them and you're you're commenting in a positive way in a relevant way. And then moving on to that like you and trust you where you're sharing relevant content and they start to trust you because they see that you are relevant in their space. You're adding value. You could potentially add value to them to you know solve the problems that they have within their business, which takes them much more likely to that one to one conversation with you. And I particularly like what you were saying or a moment ago showing around you, know, you mentioned before about LinkedIn being like a big conference room with all those people in it you might want to speak to. But very importantly, you know, moving on to that segmenting piece, because the great thing, obviously, about LinkedIn as well, is that there is all of the sort of the tools within it, even if you're using the standard version or obviously even more tools within Sales Navigator that you can use to obviously identify the specific companies you want to work with or the types of companies you want to work with, plus the right personas, and maybe even looking at things like finding people that have joined the company or in a new role within the last 12 months who you think might be yeah. wanting to make a particular change and maybe actually quite be open to the sort of conversation that you're looking to drive around the solutions you have to offer so it's a great way isn't it of being able to mm. again personalize that message even more because you've been able to segment that audience more effectively yeah exactly and you know this is why building out your connections on LinkedIn is a really great tip as well. So again, meaningful connections, right? So I used to work at LinkedIn and one of the things, and I, I still have it as a rule of thumb, but if someone connects with me and they don't say how they know me or why they want to get to know me, I mm. won't accept that connection. Yeah. So if you make an effort to say, look, um, hey, I'd love to connect with you because I, you know, I work for a company that sells these really amazing sales tools. It might not be the right thing for you right now, but I'd love to just connect with you and, and share some content mm. I'd be like yeah great um yeah. I want to be in the know of what's going on and then like I said people move roles every kind of couple of years and if you connect to them you'll get an update on your homepage, or in, yeah on your homepage actually and in notifications when people move positions yeah so 
We, one of the solutions that my team, so in a, a previous team I, I managed in Adobe was our marketing solution. And the people who used to buy that solution were CMOs, marketing directors, and they would move around every kind of four to five years. And the brand, so it was Marketo, and I was worked for Marketo before Adobe acquired it, but they were big on community. And what they used to do was, was turn these users of Marketo into Marketo champions. Mm-hmm. And what you'd find is companies would hire these Marketo champions because they had the skill set to use the tool to make them successful using that tool as well. And it would often be a selling point for them when moving roles. So I used to reach out to, or I used to t- tell the team to reach out to follow people who had moved roles and then reach out to them maybe a couple of months into their role and ask them, you know, what are their plans? How do they intend on making an impact within their first year or two years of it, of working in the company? Mm. And more often than not, they would say, well, I was actually brought in to implement Marketo. And yeah. then we kick off the conversation. But, you know, that that applies for a number of different solutions. And especially, you know, we're really lucky, lucky to work for a company like Adobe where our products are so amazing and where that skill set of being able to use them really, really translates from a, again, with your professional brand, uh, companies would want to hire you based off that experience that you've got. Yeah. No, great, great. So I think there's lots of key sort of healthy habits that we've identified there. Are there any final words of recommendation for the audience today, Ashling, on on actually how our specialists can just get started with social stuff? Yeah, so this might, might all sound a bit scary, right? Do this, that, and the other. But the easy, where I'd start, if this is not something familiar to you, is start with your profile. Start with your professional brand, your LinkedIn profile. So populated, you know, if you Google uh, literally rock your profile tips for LinkedIn, you'll find a lot of really great tips around adding a photo, professional photo to your LinkedIn profile. Populate your experience and your background and what you're about on your profile. There are various different sections where you can personalize that, that information about yourself. And then start small and start connecting with your own colleagues, with the network that you've got around you. So if you're in sales, you know, it's typically other salespeople, sales leadership, marketing, operations, product marketing, et cetera, et cetera. Start connecting with those people and then start following the pages and the companies that you that are, are interesting to you. So I, mean, I follow Adobe. I follow some of our product leaders in Adobe where they talk about our solutions. I follow our senior sales leadership who post a lot of content as well. And it's one of the platforms. So when I get up in the morning, I check my email, I'll check uh, Instagram, you know, but I'll check mm. LinkedIn all the time as well to see what's going on in my professional network. Yeah. So that's where you can start really, really small. And then just start using it when you are having to reach out to your renewals or any new prospects that you want to engage with, just look them up on LinkedIn and see what you can find about them. And, you know, if you can find a little nugget of information that makes you stand out when you're reaching out to that individual. Great. Aspects of social selling, but I think some great tips there on how to get started. So thank you so much, Ashling, for sharing your experiences and, and what you've seen that's worked and and obviously how you apply that within your team. That's been extremely helpful. And, and so thank you for attending and, and joining the podcast today. 
absolute pleasure, Caroline. Thank you so much for having me on. So as regards to the call to action, I think from the podcast today, I mean, Ashley's given some great tips there. There is different aspects and depending on where you're on your journey as to how much you've already been using social selling or whether you've not been using it at all yet, there is going to be some social selling training which is available to the specialists in the new year. So watch out for that and that will be communicated with you directly and give you even more detail around how to do things like how to build your professional brand, how to build really good in-mail and how to actually segment the audiences that you're working with to build prospects lists to actively engage and identify new prospect opportunities. So look out for the training. Start work on your profile today. Create that professional brand, but also very importantly, make it relevant for your audience. Think about when someone's reading your brand or reading your profile, are they credible to me as a prospect in that market or or in that industry? Is it? So it obviously depends on where you're focusing or the types of solutions that you're focusing, whether it's creative, whether it's other digital document cloud solutions, for example, but make it relevant to the audience that you're selling to, because if they look at your profile and they think you can add value to them, then that's an excellent start. Then we talked about making connections. Give yourself an objective of a number of new connections that you are going to make per week. And those are connections in the prospect target companies that you want to engage with. To begin with as well, you will obviously do that within your existing customers, and then you can expand across other users and other functions within the customers that you've already got. And then obviously you can expand that out even further into new prospects in new companies in industries where you've already sold into similar customers. And then we've talked about content and being seen as being credible. So I would recommend that you identify at least two or three sources where you can get information to share. Ashling talked about following people, specialists, either internally within Adobe or maybe externally in the market. If you're selling into certain industries, look at the people that your customers are following so that you can start to get alerts about information which is relevant, which you can then use to add your own point of view around and obviously be seen as credible in that market. So that's a great way for you to get started, get people to understand that you've got something to offer and then obviously be able to start that conversation more intelligently with people moving forward. So a few things there to think about and to go and drive an action plan around for today. Please contact any of the specialists internally within your own business or within Adobe if you need any further support. It just leaves me now to thank you for your time today and for sharing your experiences with our audience. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you, everyone.